The final paragraph of the Masechta discusses oaths made by a shomer, somebody who's looking after somebody else's property, and the first page of the paragraph introduces that there are four types of shomerim, and really the last two are in one category, so there are three categories of liability when it comes to shomerim, and it all depends on how much the shomer is gaining from the arrangement of him taking care of the, of the item. The more he is benefiting, the more he is going to be liable in the case where the item which he is looking after gets lost or destroyed. On one extreme, we have a shomer chinom, somebody who is guarding it. He's not able to use it, and he's not being paid to guard it. He's not really benefiting from this whole arrangement, so he's only liable if he doesn't look after it properly. In that case, he accepted to look after the item, and he didn't look after it. And that, what, that that's what caused it to get lost. So then he'll be liable. But for anything else, he's not liable to pay, as long as he swears that he looked after it properly. Now, on the other extreme, we have a borrower, a shoyel. He's able to use the item, and he doesn't even need to pay to use it. So he's benefiting totally from this arrangement. It's all for his benefit, and therefore, he would be liable for anything that happens to the item. Even if it's out of his control, he couldn't have guarded from this thing happening. He will still be liable to replace the item if it gets destroyed or lost in some way. And in the middle of these two, we have a Shemesh Sachar, or a Nesi Sachar. That's somebody who is guarding it. He's not able to use it, but he's being paid to guard it. Or a Sachar, a renter, he's able to use it, but he needs to pay in order to use it. These two people have a level of liability. If it's stolen or gets lost, which they could have prevented by guarding it very well, so then they'll be liable to replace it if it gets stolen or lost. However, if something out of their control happens, like it gets forcibly taken, not regular thieves, but it gets forcibly taken, or if, let's say, they're guarding an animal, and the animal dies, a natural death. For these sorts of things, which are not in their control, they would not be obligated to replace the item. Now begins the mission. If somebody says to a somebody who is guarding it, but he's not being paid to guard it, and the owner of the item comes after, well, when it comes to the time that he wants to take back his item, where is my ox which I gave to you to guard? And the Shemachinom tells him, Mace, it died a natural death. But in reality, really that's not what happened, but it broke a limb. A nishbike, or it got forcibly captured, a nignav, or it got stolen, not forcibly, but in quiet, in secret, a ovad, or if it got lost, that's what really happened, so he lied, or if he claimed that nishbar, it broke a limb, but in reality, vusha mesa, nishbar, nignav, ovad, really it died, or was forcibly captured, or was stolen, or got lost, or if he claims nishbar, it was forcibly captured, but in reality, vusha mesa, nishbar, nignav, ovad, Really, the animal died, or broke a limb, or was stolen, or got lost. Or if he claims Nignav, it was stolen, but really it died naturally, or broke a limb, or was captured forcibly, or was lost. Or if he claims that Ovad it was lost, really it died a natural death, or broke a limb, or was captured forcibly, or was stolen. In all of these cases, he definitely lied. However... The Mishnah is coming to tell us a law regarding Shavuos HaPikodin. Like we learned earlier on in the Masechta... In the fifth parak, the punishment for Shavuos HaPikadon is the carbon Asham, but this only applies if the Shavuos which he made would have exempted him from paying. That based on the reality of what happened, he would be liable to pay, and he made a Shavuos to exempt him from paying, and it comes out that he was lying. In that case, he would be liable to bring a carbon Asham. But in this case, we're talking about a Shomer Chinom. Whatever, if any of these five things happened to the item, by the way, these are the five examples which the Torah gives of what happens to the item. But if, but, but if any of these five things happen, the Shemachinom is exempt, as long as he guarded it properly. So if really it died, but he claimed that it got captured, 
the shavua which he's making is not exempting him from paying because he's not obligated to pay because even based on the reality of what happened, he's not liable to pay because he's a shemachinam. And therefore, the law of shavuah sapikodim will not apply. So, mashbiachani, if the owner said to him, I make you swear about it, v'omar amein, he answered amein, that's considered to be a real shavua, like we learned earlier on in the Masechta, just by answering amein, Potter is exempt from the punishment for shavuah sapikodim. That having been said, he still made a shavuah sheker, a full shavuah, so he'll be liable to a korban oilev yoyed, just like any shavuah bitui, a regular shavuah which is made falsely. But regarding the liability of a shavuah sapikodim, he will be exempt. Mishnah Gimel, if somebody comes to a Shemar Chinom, the owner of the item says, Hey, can show you, where's my ox? Can I have it back now? Omar Loi, the Shemar Chinom says to him, I don't know what you're talking about. Meaning, he denies the fact that he was even ever a Shemar. Not just that he denies what happened to it, he denies that he was ever a Shemar. But in reality, he was a Shemar. And the animal died, or broke a limb, or was captured, or was stolen, or got lost. Mashbiachani. And the owner says, I make you swear that you're telling the truth. For Omar Amein, and he answered Amein. So he's making a real Shavua. Once again, Potter, in terms of Shavua's happy Kodin, he'll be exempt. Because the Shavua did not exempt him from paying. Because anyway, he was exempt from paying. Because he's a Shomer Chinom. And a Shomer Chinom is not liable for any of these five things which happen. That having been said, he would be liable to bring a Kodin Olivia Yoyed for the Shavua's Sheker, which is involved. At the end of the day, he did swear falsely. Next case, if he says to the Shomer Chinom, Heichon Shayri... Where is my ox which I gave you to God? Or my loy Ovad? And he tells him that it got lost. Mashbiachani, and he says, I make you swear about that. And he says, Amen. He accepts the Shavuah upon himself. And then witnesses come to Basin and testify that the God actually ate the item itself. Himself. He went and slaughtered the ox and ate it. So we now see that when he made the Shavuah, he was lying. He would be liable to pay for the value of the item. Interestingly, he's not liable to pay the double payment which a thief regularly has to pay. In general, if somebody steals something, then he needs to pay back double the value, the item plus its value. Or if it's not here, then just double its value. But a guard who steals the item and takes it, he's not liable to Tashlomi Kefel, to the double payment, because when he received the item, he received it from the owner with permission. It happens to be that later on he decided to keep it for himself. But since when he brought it into his possession... That was not theft, quite the opposite, it was given to him by the owner, so the law of Tashlomi Kefal does not apply. Now what happens if Haidomi Atzmai, he admitted himself that he lied, that he made a false shavua, then this is what the Torah talks about, a kaifer bepikodain, somebody who denies having the deposit with him, and in reality he's the one who took it. In a case where he admits to it, in Beistin, then the Torah says that Mishalim Kerem he's liable to pay the value plus a fifth, and the Osham is liable to be in Korban Osham. This is what the Torah says regarding somebody who denies having a Pekodon, the item which he's guarding over, and then admits to having lied, he's liable to Karen Chomesh and bring a Korban Osham. Now the next law of the Mishnah shows that even a Shomer in a certain situation can be liable to Tashlomi Kefel. Even though we said in general if a guard decides to just keep the item for himself, he's not liable to pay the double payment of a regular thief. Since when he received the item, he received it from the owner with permission. He didn't take it into his possession as theft. So in general, he's not liable to Tashlomi Kefel, to the double payment. In the following case, however, he is, and this is learnt from Pesukim and Torah. Heichon Shayri, if the owner says to the Shomer Chinom, where is my ox which I gave you to God, Omar Loi? The Shomer answers, Nignav, it got stolen. If that is his claim, 
then this is a case of Toyin Kainas Ganav, where the Shemichinom claims that it was stolen, that somebody else stole it. And then Mashbiachani, the owner, says, I make you swear that you're telling the truth for Omar Amein. And he answered Amein, he made the Shavua. And then, witnesses come and testify that actually he was the one who stole it. In this case, the, the Torah says a special rule, a special law, that in this case, even a Shomer, Mishan Tashlomi Kefel, would be liable to pay Tashlomi Kefel the double payment of a regular thief. However, Hodomi Atzmai, if he admitted to having sworn falsely himself, but witnesses don't come, then Mishan Keren Chemesh Osham, he would only have to pay Keren Chemesh and bring a Korban Osham, because he, by swearing that it got stolen, he's also a regular Kofi Bukadain. He also denied having the item with him, so the law of the previous Mishnah applies. Just that in a case where witnesses come, there's a special law that you'd actually have to pay like a regular thief, the double payment. But if witnesses didn't come, then he would have the regular law of somebody who denied having the deposit with him, and then admitted that he swore falsely. If somebody says to a random person in the marketplace who is not his shomer, his where is my ox which you stole? He accuses a particular person of stealing from him, and he's not his shomer. And the other person says, I didn't steal it from you. He denies the claim. And then, witnesses testify that he did steal it. He has the regular law of a thief. You need to pay the double payment of a thief. And it follows, since he's a regular thief, if he stole an ox or a sheep, and then Tavach Machar, he slaughtered the ox or sheep, or sold it, the law in such a case is He has to pay a fine of four or five times the amount of the, the, the value of the animal. That's the regular law for a thief who slaughters or sells the animal. That's no different. Now, the next part of the Mishnah is coming to tell us the rule of Moidebeknas Potter. When it comes to a payment which is a fine, it's not to compensate somebody who lost out, but it's a fine, which is more than the actual value which the person tried to cause the owner of the item to lose. That fine is only given to the person if witnesses testify and based in that he's liable to the fine and based in obligate him to give it. However, if he admits to the crime, then the based in would not obligate him in the fine. So what happens if we have a case where this person, let's say an owner of the ox, the exact same case we had in the, in the first part of the Mishnah. Ruvain goes to Shimon, accuses him of stealing his ox. Shimon denies it, but in reality, Shimon stole it and slaughtered it. So he's liable to four or five times the amount. And he denied his claim in Bastin. And then, he saw witnesses were fiddling around, they were on their way, they were approaching Bastin. And he saw that there were about to be witnesses who would come and testify against him that really he did steal it and slaughter it. And he would become obligated to pay four or five times the value of the ox or sheep. So he runs back to Bastin before the witnesses can get there. And Omar, he says, Gonavti, I admit having stolen it. But I deny having slaughtered or sold the item, says the Mishnah. He would only need to pay Keren, the actual value of the item, and none of the fines. Reason being that Modibikanas Potter, one who admits to being liable to the fine, is exempt. Now that should only exempt him from paying the Tashlomi Kefel. Why is he exempt also for the extra fine? for having slaughtered or sold the item. So this is learned from, a, from the Psukim that any time that a thief becomes exempt from the Tashlomi Kefel, from the double payment for having stolen it, he's also exempt from the four or five times the, the, the value. He can never be liable for the knas, for the fine, for having slaughtered it, in a case where he's exempt for the fine for stealing it.
So since he admitted to owing the fine for stealing it, so he's exempt from that fine, and therefore he's exempt from all of the fines, so he only pays the actual value of the item. Interestingly, we see from this Mishnah that the rule that somebody who admits to owing a fine is exempt from paying it, that even applies in a case where witnesses after that come and testify that he's liable. Because in this case, as soon as he admitted to it, then witnesses came straight to in, said that he's liable to the fine. But nevertheless, he's still exempt since he got there first and admitted to the crime. Mishnah, hey, I'm going to show you if somebody says to a borrower, where is my ox which you borrowed? Now, a borrower is the one who is liable for whatever happens to the item. And we learned that when somebody um, makes a shavua to exempt himself from paying and he's liable to a common oshom if it was false, that can never apply to a shayel. Because whatever shavua he makes, he's still liable to pay. And a shavuah is only if by making the shavua you're exempting yourself from paying. So if the shayel says, Omar mace, he says that the animal died, but in reality, really the animal just broke a limb or was captured forcibly or was stolen or was lost. Or he claims that nishbar, it broke a limb, but in reality, really it died a natural death or was captured forcibly or was stolen or was lost. Or if he claims that Nishbar, it was captured forcibly, in reality it was, it died, was, it broke a limb, was stolen, or was lost. Nignav, he claims that it was stolen, but in reality, really it died, or broke a limb, or was captured forcibly, or was lost. Or if he claims that Ovad, it was lost, in reality it died, or broke a limb, or was captured forcibly, or was stolen. In all of these cases, the owner then said, I make you swear that you're telling the truth, and he answered, Amen. That's a real Shavua. Potter is exempt. He's exempt from the common Oshom which he needs to bring for Shua Sapakadain. Because the Shavua is not an oath which exempted him from paying. Because even according to what he said, he'll be liable to pay because he's a Shayal, he's a borrower. That having been said, he would still be liable for a common oil of Yoyed for having made a Shua Sheker, a full Shavua. However, in terms of the Shua Sapakadain, he is exempt from a common Oshom.